0: It was the week before Easter, and Jesus and Mary Magdalene were dyeing eggs with that cheap, messy coloring kit from the drugstore that has those weird paper things that are like costumes for the eggs but never really fit around the eggs. Hey, hey, Mary, the
1: half-orange, half-red one is mine, so don't eat it. I want to have it for when we watch The Sound of Music on Sunday. We don't have to wait till Sunday. We can eat these eggs tonight.
0: Oh, sorry, I got that big supper with the guys tonight. But tomorrow's Friday, date night. You and me, nothing's keeping me from that. Somebody would have to nail me to a piece of wood and throw me in a cave grave. Ah, uh, good morning, and welcome to the day when we celebrate stuff coming back to life. He is risen. <laughs> among us, uh, Amongst a whole bunch of other people, too, right? <laughs> yep. So it's all in the news today about these mummies. You must not read from the book. No. I love that movie. Whatever happened to well, Brendan Fraser mummy. anyway?
1: I don't know. He kind of just fell off the map, didn't he?
0: I wonder why. I mean, he didn't, he didn't get canceled or anything, right? I don't think so. Huh. That's weird. i going to have to look that one up now. I would, but I just don't care that much. And I've already spent enough time looking up stuff for today's show So, and tomorrow's show. Tomorrow I'm on. By the way, I'm Rabbi Dave. That's Friar Cook. Yeah, I'm um, Friar Cook. And I'm, I'm, I'm on Bill Mick Live again tomorrow at 4.30 in the freaking morning. I hate time zones. Don't know who invented time zones, but whoever they are, they suck. Yeah, I hate that. There you go. So, all in the news this morning, of course, on this EA Star Ishtar Sunday, is uh, the story about yesterday in Egypt. Where 18 mummies, no, I'm sorry, 22 mummies. I got to get my numbers. Yeah. Right. 18 you better of, get it right, Dave. Yeah, because I, I don't want anybody coming back at me and, you know. Yeah. 18 of them were kings, four of them were queens, removed this weekend. Now, the the, the weird thing here is that these are all new dynasty kings and queens which for those of you who don't know anything about Egyptian history, um, the most famous pharaoh of all time was the last pharaoh king of the new dynasty. Guy by the name of? Dun, 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 dun. Take a guess. King Tut. King Tut. King Tutank, Tutank. Tutankhamun. Amen. right. Which was not his real name. His real name was Aten, not Amun. But... Therein lies a tale because his father, as it turns out, was history's first monotheist. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I didn't. His father was considered a heretic. His father, Tut's father. Yeah. Was considered a, uh, a heretic. Tut senior. Actually, that was not his name. <laughs> nice try, though. Um, his name, originally Akun Amun.
1: Changed,
0: changed it to Akhenaten. Akhenaten. Right.
1: Which if well, you it's say- good it to, to be Pharaoh because right. you can change your name.
0: Well, a lot of it had to do with his religion, you see, yeah. because he was a monotheist unlike most Egyptian pharaohs who were polytheists, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: So you had this myth in Egyptian religion wherein the seasons were changed because of- Osiris. Uh-huh. Now Osiris for you not keeping up is the God of, I guess the spring life, something like that. So he was murdered, executed, however you want to put it. The chopped. God of life. Yeah. Osiris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's chopped into like 14 pieces and then they Puny bury god. him. And then they bury him. Right. <laughs> Cause you know, gods are jealous and thou shalt have no other gods before me. Was, was not really all that new of a concept, but yeah. there were other gods and the other gods were always constantly fighting each other. So upshot of the whole thing is he gets buried. His lover, Isis, which is a name you've probably heard before, mm-hmm. uh, searches the world for his body. She wanders everywhere throughout the whole thing, desperately seeking his body, which through a long magical process that I don't have time to recite here incantations and and books of the dead and the whole nine yards like that she manages to bring osiris back to life but only uh-huh. for a short time and then he okay. dies again and then he comes back because of osiris because of isis's love and magic incantations which okay. is why every spring the egyptians would plant their crops with with great imprecations to ISIS to raise Osiris, their food, from the, sure. from the dead, see? See how this works, this resurrection thing? Yeah. And it happens every year, right on schedule. Almost as if it's like on the calendar or something. <laughs> Let's do this every year, right? Yeah. So this idea of resurrection is nothing new. But at any rate, all these pharaohs, were a bunch of uh, polytheists, and they all believed in Osiris and Isis and mm-hmm. ra and uh, Bat and Kemet and all these, uh, all these great gods that are just uh, fascinating. I love Egyptian history. <laughs> Little known Dave Diamond fact. I love Egyptian history. Um, <laughs> well, ancient Egyptian history. Not current. I don't care about the new stuff. Yeah. But ancient Egyptian history fascinates me. Anyway, uh, long story short – you know, like about a five thousand year story short, because we don't yeah. have that much time. Uh, along comes a guy by the name of Akhenat Amun, uh, or Amenhotep the Third was his original name. Anyway, he uh, he decides that all these other gods, when 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 you hear this phrase, "Thou shalt have no other gods before me," he actually takes yeah. it seriously and says, well, "That's it. There are no other gods, just mine, who is the Aten or the Sun."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he changes his name to Akhenaten. Son of the Glorious Sun. Yeah. Names his son Tutank Aten, you know, the, the, the revealing of the sun or something along those lines. My my, Egyptian's a little off this morning. Sorry. It's, is it? It's, yeah. It's pollen is killing me. So it's either better <laughs> claw, claw my eyeballs <laughs> out. So anyway. Blame it on the rise of spring. Huh? Right. It's freaking Isis's fault. Every <laughs> freaking spring, right? It's like it's right on the calendar. Cyrus comes back and Dave claws his eyeballs out because of pollen I hate Egyptian mythology No I don't I love it but anyway <laughs> anyway where was I so so Akhenaten Amenhotep II is um, he decides to just move the entire capital city of Egypt from Thebes to a new to a new place right mm-hmm. called Armana. and Builds a whole new city in like five five years. He builds an entire city in Egypt, in ancient Egypt, in like five and years.
1: Not even Caltrans could do that.
0: <laughs> not even well, Caltrans <laughs> couldn't. Yeah, we, we still at? have a bullet train to nowhere. Well, I was going to say, where's the bullet train at these days? <laughs> Technically, Caltrans not in charge of that, though, right?
1: I I don't know who's in charge of that, other than some failed project leader,
0: right? Tudor Perini, I thought. Anyway, so he uh, he builds this whole new city called Armana, which is a giant temple to the Aten disk, the sun, which mm-hmm. he worships. And he changes everybody's name to Aten. And, okay, yeah. And well. the problem with this, Rod, is like with most religions, it's not so much about who or what you're worshiping as it is who you're giving your offerings to. <laughs> Follow the money. So hitherto this time frame, all the Egyptian priests were making a pretty good living because people would bring all of these offerings to all these different gods to them for yeah. propitiation, expiation, and sacrifice. Well, the reality- now they're out of, of a job. Exactly. Alms now for an they are out of jobs <laughs> and they are not happy about it. But there isn't a whole lot they can do because, as it turns out, uh, Akhenaten's kind of a badass. Well, and it's good to be Pharaoh, right? Right. His son, on the other hand, is a very sickly, weak, and young man.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. So Akhenaten runs this thing for, I don't know, a decade and a half, a couple of decades. He's uh, worshiping the Aten. Everybody's happy. Everybody pretends to be happy. At least you know it's it's like play the game. I mean, it really yeah. is. It's okay. This is the this is the religion now. And In the meantime, all the other priests, politics out as Thebes, usual, right? Nothing new under the sun. Nothing exactly. Are uh, well done. Um, Thank you. They're still you know trying to keep Thebes going and trying to convince people. Well, you know these other gods are going to be really mad when this guy isn't ba- here anymore and you you abandoned him, so you better get your ass over here and make some sacrifices. And of course Akhenaten's trying to stop him from doing that. Now, in the middle of all this, Akhenaten starts a correspondence with some king up in the Samaria region uh-huh. that nobody has hither, has to date identified. It was Conan, Conan the Barbarian. Might have been, but (laughs) many people think that it was Saul. Whether it was or not, but but there's some some pretty strong evidence that it was Saul and later later David. Um, At any rate, they're called the Armana letters. You can look them up yourself. Anyway, the point being of all this, that he's really running a pretty good kingdom, except that he's neglecting everything except Armana. And so Egypt, Egypt is kind of, you know, collapsing. Integrating the infrastructure isn't working. They need a stimulus plan, Rod. They need they need an infrastructure stimulus plan, and he's not getting it to them. So, again, longer story short, Akhenaten eventually dies. Yeah, as the way of all things, right? Except ISIS and Osiris, they're coming back, but just for a little while. Anyway, he uh, he dies and. His name is ultimately cursed in Egypt. They literally go around Egypt. I'm not making this up. They go around Egypt with hammer and chisels, and everywhere they yeah. find his name, they chisel it out. I remember seeing that. Okay? Let his, be, let his name be erased, so let it be written, so let it be done. They go around, yeah. and they curse his name, so that if you say Akhenaten three times, bad stuff's going to happen, man. Really? So whatever you I do, didn't know that. don't say Akhenaten three times. Don't say what? Akhenaten. Beetlejuice, 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 you know. Exactly. You don't, want to, you don't want to know where that comes from? It comes from Akhenaten's curse. Anyway, his son, who is very young, probably no more than nine, takes over the throne. And the priests convince him that you need to change your name to Tutankhamun, back to worshiping Amun, Ra, yeah. the pantheon of Egyptian gods. Oh, and by the way, you need to move out of Almana back to back Thebes. Back to Thebes, yeah. Right. Which he does, and as we've subsequently discovered, the, the story of Tutankhamun is uh, fascinating because we've gone, you know, he's really the most famous pharaoh, not because he did anything Mm-mm. except die. And nobody robbed his tomb, which is extraordinarily unusual. I mean, almost unheard of. Un- he might be the only one. Yeah. because Because he was so minor so meaningless to to everybody that they
1: Nobody thought about
0: it. They stuffed him in a tomb that really wasn't built for him because he died fairly suddenly. He was very sickly. Anyway, <laughs> throughout his t- since his discovery in 1923 or whatever it was, um theories have abounded as to how he died. Mm-hmm. Including murder. Murder, Rod. Murder. He was <laughs> murdered. And they do this all based on X-rays and this, that, and the other. Oh yeah. Well I, one of the best books I ever read was uh, Bob Breyer's The Murder of Tutankhamun. And it was fascinating. I mean, he's, he, Bob Breyer, one of the leading Egyptologists in the world. Um, and, and he, you know, he, Bob is a guy that actually got a cadaver once mm-hmm. for, you know, one of those cadavers donated for scientific science and, research and, and, and mummified it. Did the whole mummification thing. To see if it would work. Just to see if it could do it. Anyway, yeah, I thought about that for a minute. I thought, mm, maybe I should do that, but.
1: <laughs> I, I think Cammy might be upset. At-
0: <laughs> I don't think she'd care, quite frankly. I mean, maybe it's what he wanted. I mean. Depends on where your body's on display, right? Right. Which 3,000 years later, rolling on a parade through the streets of Egypt might be a problem. But at any yeah. rate, <laughs> it turns out Tutankhamun was not murdered. He was not. He was just very, very frail, very, very sick probably died of an infection from a broken leg. After he dies, he doesn't have any kids. No, so the new young. kingdom comes to an end. And the most fascinating part of that story is after that, but we don't have time. It doesn't relate to today. So anyway, uh, my favorite pharaoh takes over. Guy by the name of Heb. Anyway, so last, last night, yesterday, our yeah. time, these 18 kings and four queens, not including Tutankhamun, are rolled on trucks dressed up like boats yep. through the streets of Cairo because they're moving them to a quote new museum. Is that what they were doing?
1: Something like that. Kind of like it's like yeah, the river of sticks, right? They're they're floating on it. Right.
0: <laughs> Egypt will hold a golden parade as it transfers the remains of ancient pharaohs to a new museum in Cairo. The museum the mummies are more than 3,000 years old processed through the capital streets on Saturday on stylized gold barges.
1: You know there's got to be a movie made from this, right? Some kind of a – some kind of a movie has got to come out right. of this.
0: These were just fancy trucks with – these were just trucks with fancy overlays tacked on yeah. them that looked like fancy barges. They had fireworks, honorary gunfire. Honorary gunfire. <laughs> kind of, what, you know. What goes
1: up must come down.
0: Right. I, I'm just curious what an Egyptian pharaoh brought back to life 3,000 years later would think of honorary gunfire. <laughs> Anyway. Because I'm sure they didn't shoot arrows in the air for honor. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) However, locals on social media in Egypt have uh, grave concerns. They argued that there was a link between the planned parade and recent disasters, including, including, Rod, the blocking of the Suez Canal. Oh. Was a curse of the mummies because they were planning to move them. To the new museum in Cairo. Now, I told you, Dave, when we first saw them that they discovered these
1: mummies and they were messing with the tombs, we knew. I told you that this is not good for the year that we had all this
0: pandemic. A blocked ship in the canal? The canal didn't even exist when these pharaohs were. (laughs) They don't care. Okay. A deadly train crash, collapse of a building. Khalid al-Anani, the minister of tourism and antiquities promised the parade would be a unique world-class grand event that benefits or befits the grandeur of our great ancestors. However, with fake overlays
1: on their cars. Right.
0: Morbid jokes spread on social media. The curse of the pharaohs with some saying that it was responsible for the fatal train accident that killed almost 20 people. And all of this is based on a warning found in the one guy's tomb that didn't get robbed. Guess who's? King Tut. Should have bought a, should have won a Grammy wearing his pajamas. One of the greatest songs of all time. King Tut. An ancient warning found on Tutankhamun's tomb has been quoted, quote, death will come on quick wings for those who disturb the king's peace, unquote. So now we're doing this for 18 kings. Were disturbing, and I'm assuming the queens have a similar thing, right? Oh, yeah, I the, don't know the, that. Have but to be, you'd think, right? I mean, but they are women, Rod, and this was a different time. Well, so. and
1: it's even worse for women because nobody wants to disturb someone's beauty sleep,
0: right? Um, according to this, Ramses II is among the movies, uh, mummies to be moved, along with his father, Seti. Um, like I said, the, the new kingdom was a fascinating time, I really was. That, that's the only other pharaoh anybody's heard about is Ramses the Great. Yeah. And the only reason you've heard of him or, or know anything about him is because of that movie. Yeah. Right? The Ten Commandments. Oh, yeah. Played by – Yul Brynner. Yul Brynner. And the reality is that Ramses II probably was not the pharaoh of the Exodus. But, you know, there you go. Let's see. Queen Merit Amun, who was the older sister and wife of Amenhotep the First, that would be Akhenaten's great-grandfather. Also planned to be transferred. Royal remains were uncovered by archaeologists in the 1890s, later moved to the Egyptian Museum. Now, 100 years later, they're moving to Tahir Square. Oh, no, that's their current setting. Brand new gallery at the Museum of Egyptian Civilization in Fustat, based in old Cairo. There you go. And this curse, of course, is... And this whole process of mummification is about, you You know what this whole thing is about, right?
1: It's something to do with the afterlife.
0: It's resurrection. Okay. You mummify the, the and you notice they don't do this for everybody. They just do it for important people.
1: Oh yeah, because it's a long
0: process. It's a very long process. It's a very expensive process. It's a very, well, if you were alive, it would be a very painful process. It's, I guess that's the best part is that you're dead so you don't actually <laughs> feel
1: it. But it <laughs> Kind of ensures that they're dead.
0: Right. And... Uh, some great, you know, descriptions of how they remove things from your body and put them in canoptic jars. I used to have a canoptic jar. Did you? I have I have a whole bunch of Egyptian trinkets, you know, mm-hmm. statues of gods and pyramids. And I had a canoptic jar. Now, these are not real ones. I didn't go to Egypt and dig them up. These no. replicas. Replicas. And I had a canoptic jar, but I don't know where it is. Since we moved, stuff has disappeared. And then I I used to have my shrine downstairs on the the credenza. I had my Egyptian shrine. So I had all my Egyptian gods and my little cat statues and the whole nine yards, right? Yeah. And then I guess a couple of Christmases ago, somebody decided that, no, we needed to replace all this with Santa Claus stuff. (laughs) And so I haven't seen any of it since. I don't know where it all went. I had some amphoras and- I mean, really cool stuff. Have there been
1: any suspiciously large donations to charities recently?
0: Well, yeah. As in goods? But I don't know. See, that's the thing. When you live with people and they move stuff, and I I don't know where they did it. Hell, Ron, I don't even know how long it took me to realize that it wasn't there. (laughs) I'm not even sure about that. I mean, it couldn't have taken more than a month, but. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know. So anyway, all this is about resurrection. All of this is about the afterlife. All of this is about coming back Mm -hmm. to life, which of course is a huge human concern. I'm, I'm fascinated by humanity's, what's the word for it? Humanity's almost pathological need for there to be an afterlife. It's almost like, we can't – we just can't even accept the idea that this is it. That you go around yeah. – what's the beer commercials you say? You go around once and that's it. And then – but it's like human beings can't and, – and, and I'm not just saying this about Christianity. I mean yeah. every, every human culture and society that's ever existed has had some concept of the afterlife. And, and I'm – I'm always fascinated by that, and I kind of wonder where it came from. I don't know why we think that way.
1: Well, you know, the the evangelicals have talked about there's, you know, and I think it's not just strictly them, but there's a God-sized hole in everyone's heart. So there's always this need uh, for religion or for something bigger than us.
0: Is that all it is? I mean, is it just this idea that, we have to, there has to be something more. Is, is this all there is? See, that's the line from Star Trek, right? The mm-hmm. motion picture. Is this all there is? Is there nothing more? And so there's almost this idea that we have to have something in addition to it. And I'm not sure where that idea originated. I'm not sure anybody knows because as far back as you can go in human history, this is a concept that, that continues to, to, to reappear. To re-establish itself, to yeah, to glom on to previous ideas and expand those a little bit. I mean,
1: all the various mythological gods and demigods all had some kind of an afterlife,
0: right? Plan. And and it's like, where does that come from? What does that, you know? I, I guess I maybe it's just me wondering, and I don't know. Maybe it's apropos to wonder that on an Easter Sunday, but. Uh, it, it's it's odd to me that every every human every human society that's ever existed has this concept of resurrection and these rites i almost called them magical rites but that would if i said that today you know what would happen mm-hmm. um that are that are supposed to somehow or another trigger the resurrection of I- osiris and and bring everybody back to life and You know, it's, it's just one of those things that, that I think is interesting, especially when you start drawing parallels between all the different, all the different faiths and all the different religions throughout, throughout our history and how much has been drawn from other, other faiths. And I get in trouble all the time for comparison, comparison, is that a word?
1: No. (laughs) Comparison.
0: It is now. I get in trouble all the time for comparing uh, Christian rites with with pagan rites and how they absorb the pagan rites into into their own. You know, they as a way of reaching people to, with yeah. the familiar. Well, you know, this is kind of what kind of what the priests did with with Akhenaten is they appealed to the to the familiar to them. Hey, you need to go back yeah. to the familiar. Well, you're not
1: going to introduce something totally off the wall that's – that. You know, then you have to start from scratch from the whole uh, marketing campaign, right, in, in order to get people in. I guess that
0: would be one way to look at it. I'm, I'm just saying that it's easy if it's just a shade off of what it was. Right. Or, or or you can re-explain it. Yeah. See, that's not what it really meant. What it really meant was what we say it really means because, you know, face don't do that very often, right? Yeah nobody belongs to a faith. He goes, Oh, it's the right book, but you're reading it wrong. That's my favorite one. You just haven't interpreted it correctly. Well, dude, I speak English, so I'm telling you what I'm reading here. And that one's been done as well. Anyway, none of this is to, my purpose here is not to disparage Christian belief in Easter. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is my fascination with the fact that they move these mummies through Cairo and Three thousand years after the after the death of Akhenaten, people still believe that there's going to be a curse on them for for disturbing the peace of a king. Yeah, it's like, don't you think there's an expiration date on this? I mean, <laughs> a freshness seal. <laughs> at, at what point do you say? Does, does the king say, "Well, I guess I'm not really coming back"? And
1: <laughs> well, I think once the seal was broken, that's kind of it, right? It's out there.
0: Yeah. I guess so. And that's part of the, the problem. Of this whole thing. most
1: of those people are dead now anyway, right? Who found them?
0: They're all dead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll I mean, they, they found
0: it back in 1920 something. So curse fulfilled, right? Even even if they've just been born that year, they'd be a hundred years old. Yeah. But right. But Lord Carnarvon died from a shaving accident or something. The guy that sponsored it. And the second guy in the tomb, he died mm-hmm. of a shaving accident. Got a mosquito bite that got infected. And then he decided to shave. This is why I don't shave. Cause you never know
1: because, because you're afraid of shaving off a mosquito.
0: Bite. Well, I have said Akhenaten three or four times
1: yeah, yeah, in my lifetime.
0: I've said it a lot in my lifetime. Of course I keep saying Beetlejuice too. So, so <laughs> if tomorrow Rod comes on here and says, oh, geez, folks, I'm sorry, Dave, you know, kicked off last night. <laughs> you'll know why. Yep. You'll know why it's, it's interesting to me. It's interesting. Have you ever read the thing about the, the epic story arc? Do you know what I'm talking um, about? N- I don't think I've ever where, read about that. No, where, I have no idea. Yeah, where a hero goes through certain stages. Yeah. of Of the story that starts at the beginning, and then uh, it, it's fascinating to me to to pull up religions. It doesn't matter which one; you can pull any of them up, and they're great characters, and you can follow the story arc that's that's right there. And mm-hmm. I don't know; it's some human need to connect, but. We can't all be right. They can't all be right, can they? (laughs) So how do I know which one's right, Ron? How do I know?
1: Thought, prayer. Hmm. Yeah. Or we could just- Your focus determines your
0: reality. Or we could just move some mummies around and see what happens, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe that'll do it. Maybe it won't. You must not read from the book.
1: Welcome, my friends. Now is that special time where I invite you to come to pull up next to the fire here alongside. Don't forget to grab your cup or tankard of your favorite beverage as you listen to the Good Friar. After hours of prayer and meditation, today's Friarside will enlighten us all. Now, to take a slightly different bent and and go from ancient Egypt to the technology that we have today, I'm going to talk a little bit about... uh, Security and, and and technology. So, um, to understand to understand where my opinion comes from, basically, I'm, I'm going to give you just a little snippet about me. So, I, I my career started back in the 80s. My education, I had some classes in programming and business information systems. Don't really care for programming, so I never continued in the computer science vein. But um, I never finished. Uh, college at that point. I had taken some classes, but I did apply for a technical job at a, on a help desk. And so I ended up in technical support and I like those numbers that you call and you get the, the tier level one guys that basically, you know, are reading from a script. We didn't have scripts back then because we were having to figure everything out on our did own. Did
0: you turn it off and back on again?
1: Yes. There was a lot of times that we had to, okay. Yeah. Okay. Is, is it plugged in? And yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot of that. But uh, from 1990, I moved through various different support positions over the next 10 years or so, running, you know, working on desktops and applications and networks and servers. And then I started to focus in on security when uh, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, that is HIPAA, the privacy rule came out in about 2003, and I started focusing in on security, where uh, I went to become an information security officer for a local university. And ever since then, that was in 2006, I have been working uh, in security. Um, I'm no longer there. I'm now in a critical infrastructure space. But uh,
0: So you might be asking yourself, oh, why, oh, why, Goodfriar, are you telling us all of this? Mm-hmm. Um, why? Oh, why, Goodfriar, are you telling us this?
1: It's because we're hearing more and more about security breaches in the news. And I think the latest one last night was that Facebook had over 500 million user accounts to, disclosed. Um, Albeit it was a 2019 hack and just the information was now publicly released as far as all of the details surrounding the users. But uh, you're going to see more and more of these things happening. And so, you know, basically, um, it's because we put more and more of our information and services and sites that are stored in databases on the Internet. Um, Security is really only as strong as the weakest link uh, or, or even links because today's attackers will chain multiple weaknesses together. To get what they want. Um, you know. And as a pratic- practitioner of security, uh, we have to be right and businesses have to be right 100% of the time, 24-7, 365 days a year. An attacker only has to be right once to get in. So today, my friends, today, uh, you're going to get some advice on how we can be more secure to try and help uh, keep your personal information protected. And I'm going to keep this kind of short with three different things that you can do. So I would suggest using strong or unique passwords for each site that you visit. Uh, for an example, online banking, don't ever use that password that you use for online banking with any other site. Um, use a passphrase or, or something other than a single word that incorporates various uppercase and lowercase letters and numbers and special characters. Um, do use a password manager. If you can, there are online ones called LastPass or one password um, there's, there's free software that you can download, like KeePass that can manage passwords. Also, I just recently switched to one called Bitwarden, which um, I recommend. It, it allows you to have to actually share up to two users so you can share with your significant other the passwords for like your finance stuff. And that way you, you don't necessarily need to get locked out by yourself. You've got someone else to help be a part of that. Don't trust email. Attackers are very clever in what they make They make convincing-looking fake emails. It's called phishing. Um, If you didn't ask for an email or an attachment, don't click on the link in it. Uh, If it's for an account that you have already, then browse to the site. Go into the site and log into the site to see what's going on. Uh, You can also hover over the links that they include to see if if the link is actually coming from the same place that the site is. Uh, You can also look for misspelled words or bad grammar because uh, they like to... um, well, the people that typically put these things together don't necessarily sp- speak proper English or or type proper English. Um, they also like to put pressure on you to make a quick decision. You know, think of those Nigerian prince emails uh, that we've all used to get. Um, So uh, if you don't want your personal information exposed, don't put it on the internet, especially on social media. Uh, It's one of the things that I've done, I've gone through and I did at one point in time have more information on there. And I've pulled a lot of that stuff out. Um, Don't use their apps on your mobile devices because they like to track you. Um, You know, they like to do things. So I use the mobile browser instead. Um, It does limit some of the functionality. Um, You can't have those nice little filters, but Uh, I suggest that. Uh, Also use privacy-minded browsers such as Brave. Brave makes them for both mobile and Windows and Mac, and um, it actually protects your privacy as well as prevents tracking. So ultimately, privacy and security are important, and and we all play a part in protecting it. Uh, One of the last freebies before I close is use a credit monitoring service and check it frequently. It can help you to quickly discover identity theft and uh, they have services that will help you report fraud. I know it's helped me once before when I had identity theft. And yes, even a security guy who's very anal about that uh, can still have his identity stolen. So
0: that is it for the good friar today, sir. You know, that's um, – it's it's intriguing because I we're getting ready to look at this week on my show. We're getting ready to talk about the monitoring of social media. We talked a little bit about it a couple of weeks ago, yeah. the, the monitoring of social media. And what – I keep coming back to this story that I read about the government has encrypted communications from people that they're using against them. And yes. it's like it's like every time I read that and the reporters or the reporters tell us, it just goes right past them. It doesn't even phase them. Yeah. And all I can think of is, you know, Rod and I use an encrypted thing that does this stuff. But, I mean, we're not, you know, plotting to take over the world or anything, but – <laughs> At the yet, same anyway. time, it's weird to me to think that even well, that. Uh, so a lot of the encrypted
1: services that are out there, they, they run, I think it's like WhatsApp and, and there's other ones out there. And w- we use Signal and that's a kind of a point-to-point type of encryption. It doesn't really pass through necessarily a server or a third party. I mean, Apple messages, the, those those still kind of pass through Apple's system. Mm-hmm. So as long as it goes through a third party Server uh, in a system like businesses, businesses can kowtow to the government's demands, and a lot of times they do.
0: Boy, are we seeing that a lot lately? Yeah. Vaccine passports. We'll come back to that. In the meantime, we'll say, yep. "What the frock?" Yeah. Twelve fifty-eight a.m. Rod, a man threatened to shoot a kid if he threw any more rocks at his house. Okay. At 12.58 a.m. You know what time that is, right? Yeah, that is just beyond the witching hour. <laughs> At 6.05 a.m., a man was reported carrying, a suspicious man was reporting carrying a bag of tools. <gasps> At 9.32 a.m., someone had a video of a man throwing dog poop. At 10.24 a.m., a chihuahua in a camouflage sweater was barking.
1: Camouflaged? Chihuahua.
0: Why is it spelled C-A-M-O-U-F-L-A-G-E? Shouldn't it be spelled...
1: I saw that online, by the way. (laughs) That would be invisible.
0: At 12.50 p.m., a house and a car were egged. At 12.55 p.m., just five minutes later, a possibly intoxicated man was dancing. (gasps) At 1.40 p.m. By himself? Apparently. at one forty p.m., dogs were fighting. And then things started to pick up in old Flathead County, Montana. I had another WTF for the week, but this was by special request, so. Okay. Things began to pick up at 3.34 in the afternoon when a skateboarder fell into a ditch. <laughs> 4.39 p.m., a man stealing soda was kicked out of a fast food restaurant.
1: So what, they said, like, one refill only, but he was getting his
0: second? You know, I the fast food places I go around here, you can't even get a refill. you got to get a new cup. Really? Bizarre. Well, nowadays, yeah. Because that virus Pandemic. is smart, you know. At 7.34 p.m., a man who believed that someone was trying to break in and steal his dog admitted that to having a beer and some meth. Okay. (laughs) But he reassured the dispatcher, quote, I'm not crazy just because I've done a lot of meth, unquote. (laughs) At 9.57, the man called back to say that his dog was gone and that he was going to do, quote, whatever it effing takes, unquote, to get his dog back. Adding that he had not done any more meth since his first call. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that, sir. Yeah, WTF Flathead County style.
1: Oh, well, mine's mine's not so weird other than it's uh, – you're familiar with the, the kid's Station Nickelodeon, right, Dave?
0: I mean, I know what it is. I've never yeah, I mean, actually watched yeah. it, but
1: so you've never uh, and you've heard of SpongeBob SquarePants. Have you ever watched?
0: I SpongeBob? I have watched. I have heard of SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> yeah, I've never watched more than thirty or forty seconds of it. And okay. when you're done, I'll tell you why.
1: Okay, no, that that's fine. It's yeah, you know, for those of Unless you who have care. never watched it, it it's actually pretty funny my kids used to watch it all the time there are multiple layers of humor and there is an adult layer that you get that the kids don't understand
0: kind of like rocky and bullwinkle
1: yeah so anyway i guess nickelodeon has put together a new episode that has not released yet that is talking about a virus spreading through the town of bikini bottom and it is an episode where a health inspector comes into the Krusty Krab, which is the main fast food restaurant in that in that location, and finds a case of, quote-unquote, clam flu in the restaurant. Upon this discovery, the health inspector quarantines the patrons and the characters grow anxious. Those who are assumed to have had the virus are shunned and tossed into the freezer. <laughs> well, it, well. Nickelodeon has since pulled that episode from the playlist and they've, quote, Why? we have decided not to air it due to sensitivities surrounding the global real, real world pandemic. But the CNN article does not stop there. The CNN article then says the removal of quarantined Quab, which is the name of the episode, comes during a time of increased anti-Asian violence in the United States. The episode's storyline reflects feelings of increased isolation and a hatred that many Asian communities have experienced since COVID-19 pandemic began. The World Health Organization has urged people to avoid terms like Chinese virus or because they can create a backlash against people of Asian descent through former President Donald Trump's repeated ignoring of such pleas. WTF? Trump's fault. That's exactly
0: right. So you know, their concern is about anti-Asian bias, not the fact that it's are th- well, portraying... Well, this, was, this was CNN stating that. Right. Nickelodeon
1: said that they were concerned about the real-world pandemic. So I don't know why they would feel the need to... To pull that. Well, the whole world's concerned about
0: the pandemic. You know this, right? What? The whole world is concerned about the pandemic. Oh, yeah, sure. Considering that. They sent a letter. All these world leaders sent a letter. I'm not clear who they sent the letter to. Oh, yeah. But they sent a letter this week calling for a pandemic treaty.
1: That's another WTF.
0: I don't know what a pandemic treaty is going to do. I don't know what it's intended to do. I don't know what its purpose is. I do know that the only two countries that are balking and did not sign the letter calling for a pandemic treaty are Communist China Mm -hmm. and the United States. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know what that means. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. I don't know where it's going. I just found it interesting that communist China said, no, we're not signing that, quickly followed by the United States going, we're not either. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, one of the issues I have about this, the CNN's comments is, you know, the whole Chinese virus thing. I mean, we look at at viruses and plagues in the past. The Spanish flu was named after the Spaniards.
0: Right. But you know why?
1: No, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't
0: called the Spanish flu because it came from Spain. It actually came from Kansas, most likely. Okay. But because of the war, there was news blackouts. There were news. Mm-hmm. News was censored. And the only place that the news was actually reporting the the influenza was in Spain. Oh, there you go. So they called it the Spanish flu because it was in Spain that yeah. that they knew about. It was killing millions of people around the world before that, but nobody knew because the news media wasn't reporting the truth, right? Yeah. Because the government told them not to. Yeah. The United States government, where we have a free and open press and free speech yeah. and freedom of a told them not to. <laughs> you know, the same government that was arresting people for objecting to going to – for, for daring to speak out about not going to war. Yeah. yeah. The United States government, we were doing that. So no big surprise then that communist China and the United States are the two countries that don't want to sign a letter saying we should have a pandemic treaty. Yeah. I don't know. There's a deeper meaning there somewhere, but I don't know where, I'm not sure where it is. I do know that the guy that attacked the Capitol this week yeah. was not a terrorist. So we've been told. Well, he wasn't, Rod. His family today informed me that he was, what did they say? He was depressed, paranoid, suicidal, and uh, something about uh, his faith, his, his Islam, black Islamic yeah. faith.
1: Well, but what families say shouldn't matter because just like the, the guy who is who killed all the Asian spa women, his family came out and said that he just he was addicted to sex and he was all this other stuff. Didn't say anything about the Asian hate, but hey, no, he was a
0: racist. In the in the words of one of our Congress people up here, we cannot allow him to to redefine what his what his motivation was. It had to be Asian hate; couldn't be anything else. Yeah, and we can't we can't take his word for it that he was just addicted to sex so you know it was pretty intriguing how quickly this this whole story of the attack was dropped in the sense of well it doesn't fit the narrative this is not some angry yeah. white in fact we had a somebody fired we had an editor fired for tweeting that you know some angry white guy had a bad day yeah. blah 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 And the, anyway it didn't fit the agendas so we've kind of kind of dropped the boulder shooting we've we've pretty much ignored for, for all practical purposes, Washington attack, except, except that Congress is now concerned. Oh, of course. And they're debating, Rod, whether or not- their another
1: attack on the Capitol, that's right? right.
0: We probably need to keep these fences and these troops because it's now apparent that we can't trust anybody, not just the right-wingers with their, with their encrypted- chatting devices. You know, we can't trust them for sure, but now we can't trust anybody. We can't even trust the people that should theoretically at least, according to their social media posts, be on our side. Yeah. So we're going to have troops in Washington, D.C. for freaking ever. Yep. And I'm not sure how to feel about that. I'm not, I, I, I've had a lot of concern, you know, for most of my radio career, I believed that the final bulwark to defend the constitution was the military. I really did believe Mm -hmm. that. I believe, you know, the the military tended to lean towards not politically, but conservative philosophically. Yeah. And I'm not sure it does anymore. I'm I'm really not sure that they do anymore. I, I, I'm no longer convinced of that. And of course, if Democrats in in Washington get their way, they're going to purge anybody from the military that isn't, you know, exactly what they want them to be anyway. Because what do we need a military for, Rod? Not for fighting the communist Chinese, obviously. No, you need it for, you know, promoting progressive values. And that's uh, probably where we're headed. Progressive values like the vaccine passports that are all in the news these days.
1: Oh, so ridiculous.
0: <laughs> I don't know how to take this. Because uh, everybody keeps telling me there's not going to be any vaccine pa- passports. There's no, this is, we, we, Number one, it would be unconstitutional. Number two, we, how would we even do it? But it keeps coming up, doesn't it? And every time the government says we're not going to do something, what do we end up doing?
1: They quietly lean on businesses to go ahead and push and promote that.
0: To do it anyway. Yep. So what is a vaccine passport? Is it just my little card that says I've been vaccinated, which I don't have because I haven't been.
1: They're talking about like mobile apps because everyone's got a phone. And that way you can have like a QR code or something.
0: A a mobile app that can be hacked by anybody. Boy, that'll end badly, won't it?
1: Yeah. There are some other concerns about the HIPAA HIPAA, violations of having to show your vaccination card.
0: Yeah, I mean, but we don't care about that. No. We we need HIPAA. I mean, HIPAA is so serious, Rod. I don't know if you know how serious people take HIPAA. Yeah, I know. I was, I was there when it first came out. One of my good friends was having a baby recently. Mm -hmm. Okay, And this good friend happens to be military related. And so she went to the Naval Hospital where my wife works as a labor and delivery nurse. So you see where this is headed, right? Sure. My, My wife helped treat her. It wasn't the delivery, but helped treat her that evening. My wife never told me. That my friend came into the hospital for... Income. I didn't find out till two days later when I was talking to my friend about how things were going. Oh, your wife didn't tell you?
1: She can't. No.
0: She didn't even tell me. I'm her spouse. I can't testify against her. I can't be compelled to testify against her. I could do it if I wanted to, but that's how serious this HIPAA thing is. Yeah. Until it comes to vaccine passports. Yeah. Which can be hacked. Which apparently they're already having problems with people making photocopies of and printing. Well, yeah, because you know what? I went
1: in to go get my first shot, what, two, three weeks ago. And after I got the little card with the first thing of the shot on there, they're like, okay, take a picture of this so it's on your phone. Right. So that way, if you lose it, we
0: have the information. Well, I do that with my insurance cards anyway. My insurance and driver's license and stuff like that. But I don't know, man. I'm just... you could put that stuff in
1: Bitwarden, by the way. Bitwarden actually will allow you to scan cards and have your have like account information in there. And there's a mo, there's a mobile app for that,
0: which could still be hacked. Yeah, it could still be hacked. I don't know. I'm I keep waiting for. Nah, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I keep waiting for somebody to steal my identity because it's not very good. So <laughs> I still to this
1: day don't know how they stole my my identity a year or two ago.
0: It's getting easier. That's the problem. It's not getting harder. And and things like this, a vaccine passport are just going to make that even more easy to do. Yeah. And and now because it's going to be worldwide, right? I mean, yeah. Funny, you don't look like you're from Japan. <laughs> I mean, I can see that happening, right? And then and yeah. then you can get all offended. How dare you assume my nationality, or my gender, or whatever I only identify as Japanese. Right. (laughs) Which I don't, but... No. (laughs) I could. I don't know. Anyway, all that to say, Happy Easter, everybody. If you celebrate the day, then uh, enjoy it. If you don't, we'll come back next week and we'll offend somebody else. I'm sure we will. Because that's what we do here on What the frock? I'm Rabbi Dave. I am Friar Cook. And as I said, this has been... What the frock?